You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast, and we are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show, my friend. We hope this episode meets you where you're at today and not only encourages you, but just gives you tangible, actionable tips to use in your business. Now, if you haven't yet left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if you would take two minutes to do so before we dive into the episode, that would be amazing. All right. Now, today, we got to chat with the legit king of Instagram Reels. I can nearly guarantee if you are a creative entrepreneur, you have undoubtedly seen this man's content hit your Reels Explore page. Today, we are chatting with the incredible Brock Johnson. Brock is a 24-year-old seven-figure entrepreneur with a passion for helping others grow their following and business on Instagram. As co-host of a top 10 business podcast, instructor of multiple online courses, and a viral social media creator, Brock has helped thousands of entrepreneurs learn to build their business on social media, even with limited time and money. Now, in today's marketing chat with Brock, we talked all things Instagram and Reels. And, oh, man, if you're needing some help with the Instagram battlefield, ooh, we got you today. Brock covers everything from the biggest mindset that's holding you back from marketing yourself successfully on Instagram, the three biggest things to focus on within short-form video creation on Instagram, what mistakes you need to avoid when creating Reels, how to consistently create a lot of Instagram content easily and quickly, and quite literally so much more. Like, it is a Reels deep dive off of a cliff, and there's no parachute. We're just, like, soaring down. This episode is packed with literally the best Instagram marketing information you will ever hear. So I'm just going to kindly shut up now and we could let Brock start spitting fire for you. Let's do this thing. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Brock, welcome to the show. We are truly like so excited to have you here. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. It'll be so fun. We are huge fans of yours. I know we said this before we started recording, but you have the same just like fun, sassy, dancey energy that we love here (laughs) at The Heart and that Lindsay and I are massive fans of. Uh, But for those listeners who maybe are a little bit newer to you, maybe don't know you or any, you know, recognize, put a name to the content that they've seen, why don't you just tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, totally. So in its simplest form, I help other entrepreneurs, business owners, and creators grow their platform on Instagram. So whether that's building a business, building their brand, or just building their following, that's what I do. That's my full-time job. I am helping other people build alongside me over on Instagram. So that's who I am and what I do. (laughs) Nice. Well, and how did you... Could you tell us a little bit of the story of like how you got to where you are today, just in like your journey with becoming more of like an Instagram educator? Totally, totally. So I got my start really early on since I was born. And if we're going to go back that far, um, being raised in a very entrepreneurial family. <laughs> uh, both my mom and dad have owned businesses. They've worked together their entire life. They've been entrepreneurs. Um, and so from the youngest age I can remember, it was very monkey see, monkey do in our household. Uh, me and my sister weren't being sat down and taught nice. business lessons, but we were getting those lessons exemplified to us by our parents 
clients um, on a regular basis. So from a very young age, I got to see the pros and cons, the highs and lows of what being an entrepreneur was all about. And then fast forward to my freshman year of college, I wanted to be able to provide for myself. I wanted to be able to uh, sustain my my lifestyle and create an income for myself um, while playing college football, because at that time I was a student athlete and student athletes have very limited free time and availability. So I couldn't work a traditional nine to five job. I couldn't go get a job down the street and expect it to pay the bills. So I knew that I would have to work for myself and I'd have to start something. I'd have to do something online. And so at that time, I actually got my start helping moms keep their kids safe on Snapchat. This was in like 2015, 2016 when Snapchat was all over the news. It was blowing up. It was very much present in the news the way TikTok is nowadays. Um, And people were scared of it. People didn't know what Mm -hmm. was going on. And there was, you know, the disappearing messages and creepy people on there. So I created a business where I would teach other um, moms, teach moms, not other moms. I wasn't a mom myself, but I would teach moms how to, um, you know, (laughs) grow or how to, how to protect their kids on Snapchat and how to take care of their kids and keep them safe. Um, and then that eventually blossomed into a way to help people grow their business on Snapchat and then grow their Instagram or grow their business on Instagram. That's kind of eventually where we landed. I got you. That is such a fascinating story. How did you, I'm just curious, how did you start? I mean, cause you said you were in college doing football. How did like the topic of like moms on Snapchat, like what gravitated you toward that type of business? Yeah. So it was really just, that's what I was good at at the time. Um, and it sounds funny to say that, but at that time I had just taught my parents how to use Snapchat. Um, I was across the country, uh, uh-huh. playing college football and I needed a way to quickly and easily get in contact with them and kind of give them updates on my day and what was going on, uh, without just texting them all day long or FaceTiming them all day long. So Snapchat was that Avenue. And then I was like, Hey, I, I know how to teach them. Snapchat. I just taught my parents how to use Snapchat. I could teach other parents how to do the same. And the problem that I was solving for these parents was that at the time, their kids were on the app and and they wanted to keep them safe. Mm, I love that so much. Okay. Well, why don't we pivot into the latest app? It's not the latest app. TikTok is the latest app. But why don't we talk about the good old Instagram, which is where you kind of reign right now. So how did you first get started in that? Was it, I mean, you said it was just like a natural progression. Did you begin teaching moms how to protect their kids on Instagram? Or did you just kind of pivot into Instagram and drop the home mom Snapchat safety thing as you pivoted? (laughs) Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So I, I think we should just backtrack a little bit to the Snapchat side of things where a lot of those moms who I was teaching how to keep their kids safe, a lot of them had side hustles. They were network marketers. They were um, business owners themselves. They owned an Etsy shop. They owned a boutique, whatever. They owned some sort of business themselves. And so that was a very natural and seamless transition uh, because there was such a huge overlap in my audience in in my existing customers to what my customers would be as I transitioned from moms to business owners. Um, And then I migrated over to Instagram as so many other people did. I remember, I think it was Kylie Jenner was the first like big celebrity to be like, I'm done with Snapchat. I'm just going to Instagram stories. And so I transitioned with 
tons of other business owners and influencers and celebrities away from Snapchat and back to just Instagram. And that was when Instagram stories first came out. Um, And then after that, I spent the next two years really just hustling and grinding. It wasn't overnight success. It was two, maybe two and a half years of working hours every single day with one-on-one clients, building e-courses, doing masterminds and leading group calls. So I was working with thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs uh, over the course of about two years and learning a lot uh, of what I now teach in regards to Instagram. That is awesome. Well, okay. So let's like kind of dive into like the Instagram nitty gritty talk then, because you are, you are truly the expert. And, and, and if anybody follows you, it's very clear to see that. What my question for you is like, what do you think is the biggest mindset that people have to kind of get over in order to actually market themselves and their business successfully on Instagram? Like what mindset is just like stopping people left and right? Yeah, it's it's an easy answer to this one. And it's perfectionism. And that's something that came about mm. because for the first, call it eight to 10 years that Instagram was in existence, there was, and there oftentimes still is, this stereotype that you have to be perfect to show up on Instagram. The only business owners and content creators are, who are growing and who are reaching new people are the ones who look great, they dance great, they sound great, they have the most beautiful life, they're flying on the private jets, they have the fancy vacation, their kids are perfect and they never throw a fit. Like everything is perfect. That was very much (laughs) uh, the stereotype around Instagram. And it was propagated and spread by a lot of these uh, quote-unquote influencers. The the flat-brimmed hat-wearing, only posting pictures at brunch and when they go on the fancy private jet to the uh, vacation on the islands, like those type of people, they spread this message. And it wasn't necessarily intentionally, but we all looked around and we're like, hey, the only successful people on Instagram are these people who looked act and sound perfect. They have this nice Photoshop, they have the filters, they have the colors and the presets all set up. And that became something that we all felt like we needed. We felt like it was necessary. And now, actually the opposite is true. Now, according to a lot of data and research that we've been collecting, people are really turned off by that. They have a really finely tuned BS radar. Mm -hmm. And so when they're looking around, they're like, I I see the presets and the filters and the fake perfect life and and it is fake. It's inauthentic. And and I don't connect with that. That doesn't resonate with me. That doesn't feel real or true to the human experience, at least not the human experience the way I live it. And so something that once allowed you to really grow your following and attract clients and customers and, and people to, you know, just start following you. Now it's a turnoff for people and it's a reason for people to unfollow you. Yet that mindset still remains. There's still that block for so many people that they have to produce high quality, A plus perfect content or else they're never going to be successful. Mm. I love what you just said. Although I do have to say me and Evie are a a flat brim hat wearing type of gal. Um, However, we are on board with literally everything that you just said. And I I can't reiterate that enough of just like, I think there was a time and place where like Instagram was a curated hotspot and it looked like a magazine layout. And I think, I think honestly, the integration of Snapchat and then even stories has like, and then now definitely TikTok has just like completely desecrated like the the visuals and then obviously if you're in a visual industry it matters maybe a little bit more but I love that you just said that because I think that gives our listeners like a lot of permission 
to just like let go of that perfectionism and let go of just feeling like every single thing that they post has to be perfect, has to be so perfectly curated and manicured with the perfect caption and the perfect graphic and everything. And so uh, thank you for saying that, first of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And no shame on the flat-rimmed hat. I have one myself. It, it's a great style piece. It just became <laughs> the, the stereotypical hat. Like when you think of the influencer, you think of that flat-rimmed hat. But the, hey, it's a great oh, hat. It, for it became sure. Yeah. for a reason. Um, but no, yeah. You're I absolutely- love your, your real <laughs> with your flat brim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have one and I, and I wear it and I, and I throw on the blonde wig sometimes. It's it's a fun character to play. Um, but absolutely, no, that's that's the case. And you're absolutely right that there are some industries, uh, really any industry that has to do with visuals. So I think of interior design, graphic right. design, uh, fashion, photography, any, any business or industry that's heavily predicated on visuals. Obviously, the visuals and, and the vanity of things still matter some. Um, but for most of us business owners, those who are hustling and trying to grow our, our business, our brand on social media, the perfect image is no longer necessary. And what I think a lot of us get really stressed out over is we can't produce enough perfect content. Maybe once a month or once a week at most, we can produce like one really great post on Canva, right? Like we can spend a couple hours on Canva and make some really pretty graphic. Or maybe once a month, we can have a great photo shoot and we finally get the lighting just right. And so it's really overwhelming to be like, wait, I have to create perfect content. But also I know because people like Brock are always saying, wait, I also have to produce a lot of content. <laughs> how, do I, like, how do I do both of those things? And you don't. That's that's the that's the secret to unlocking how do you post more content? How do you produce more content? You alleviate the stress of trying to be perfect. You just aim for good enough. C's get degrees. I'm a big fan of that statement. Mm. C's get degrees. Aim for C. <laughs> Honestly, when I'm creating my content, I'm trying to make like C plus level content at best. I'm not trying to make A's or even B's. I'm just trying to consistently pump out C plus level content. That's so good. And you do it so well. You have, like, you are the king of massive amounts of content creation and specifically real creation. So if you're willing, Brock, we're going to start, like, diving into reels on this episode. So if anyone goes to your profile for more than two seconds, they can clearly see that you are, first of all, incredible at creating reels. And secondly, incredible at creating a lot of reels. So do you think every business owner should be using reels right now to grow their Instagram account? I like the way you phrase that question and I appreciate the compliment. Absolutely. Should they? Yes, they should. They don't need to. It's not absolutely necessary but they should. I think every business owner should. And I think that there's an opportunity, a way in which any business in any industry can utilize reels because ultimately at the end of the day, what's a reel? It's just a video. So yes, every every business, every mm-hmm. industry at the end of the day can use video marketing in some way. Mm. I love this. What would you say this? I'm just thinking of somebody listening to this that's like, okay, Brock, I hear you, but I am introverted or I am in an industry that's very photo heavy or like, like say like a painter or something that's like, I don't do videos, Brock. I can't do that. What would you say to somebody who's trying to use like the excuse of like, well, I'm the exception? 
Yeah. Well, everyone thinks they're the exception. Everyone thinks they're the one anomaly. It doesn't work for them. (laughs) But ultimately, you just listed a few different examples, and I immediately can think of ways that those different examples could use reels. Let's say you don't have a face to your business, Mm -hmm. like you're just a product-based business and there's no face on the brand. You can produce reels that just showcase your products and people using them and don't have your face in them. If you're a painter, you don't have Mm -hmm. to just post videos like of just the painting sitting there, you can, and this is what I recommend for all artists, document the process. My soon-to-be mother-in-law creates ceramic art and she documents that process every single step of the way of, of molding the clay and forming it and glazing it and painting it and all those things. And so you're taken along this journey and then by the time she is finally posting a picture of the finished product, you're that much more invested into it. You're that much more likely to buy it and and invest into her as the artist. So, and I hear this, this pushback all the time, specifically from artists, they say, well, it takes me a few weeks or a few days to create my art. So how can I post every single day? Well, every single day you're working on your art, you're producing something, even if you're not going from uh, step one to step done all in one day, You can still document every little bit and piece. Or how about this? For the people who are like, some days I just feel overwhelmed. Some days I just feel like I don't know what to post. Some days I just feel burnt out. Talk about that. Document that. We all feel that way. And so when you document that, A, it gives you something to post that day. And B, it makes you more relatable and people can empathize with you more as a human being. So just document as much as you Mm -hmm. can and focus more on documentation rather than creation. That is so good. And I think it's so, we're in, you know, almost circling back to the whole perfectionism topic that we were talking about earlier. We're in an age with social media where people are so hungry to see, you know, the the process, to have a more like behind the scenes glimpse of what's happening and not just see this, oh, look, here's my perfect, you know, pottery that you think I just did in an hour. Like, it's taken me hours and weeks of the process. And people are intrigued by that. People love seeing that. People love having the curtain pulled back. And I love, Brock, your statement of like, focus on the creation and not just like, like the process and not just the creation. Like have fun with all of the aspects of what you do and pull back that curtain and invite people into the process of it as well. Because people love to see that in, in where we are right now. Would you agree with that, Brock? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what people want. They want to feel connected. And we might be getting ahead of ourselves with this. But if I can be so bold, selling and customers, those things, those those come from trust. People have to trust us. And the way that people build trust in us is not through seeing the perfect finished product and, and the end result. They build trust in us through watching every part of the creation, every part of the creating journey mm-hmm. and being involved and getting to know us as human beings. That's so Amen. Good. All right, Brock, I would love to know what are your three biggest things to focus on when creating a reel? Like say someone's like, okay, I'm, I'm down. I hear what you're saying, Brock. I'm ready to go. Like what are the three most important things to focus on when creating them? Yeah, absolutely. The first one is, is it related to my niche? And I think we can talk about that a little bit more later, but every reel should be related to your niche, your topic, whatever your focus is for your Instagram account. They shouldn't just be random and about any old topic that you find funny or interesting that day. They all should be related to your niche. That's number one. Number two, they should all have some sort of value. And I think when we hear value, we think, oh, well, it needs to be like a mind-blowing seven tips that no one's ever shared before. 
when really value can come in many different forms. Captivating someone is valuable. Entertaining someone is valuable. Motivating, teaching, inspiring. There's a lot of different ways that we can provide value for our audience. And I think the ultimate uh, simplified test of how to provide value is to ask yourself, does this content that I just made, would it matter to a stranger? Would this content matter to a stranger? Mm -hmm. Because if you showed it to your mom, she might find it valuable no matter what it is. If you show it to your partner, they might find it valuable (laughs) no matter what it is. But if you were to walk up to a random stranger on the street and show them this piece of content, would it be valuable to them? Would there be something for them to gain from watching it? Would they be entertained, inspired, motivated, all those things that I just went through? So those are the first two, niche and value. And then the third thing is just generally the the composition of the reel. And we could go into depth about all the different pieces that go into a well-made reel, but in its simplest form, can you read the text that's on the screen? And is the reel well lit? You don't need a ring light. You don't need a fancy Hollywood lighting setup. But can I see what's going on in the video? And if there's any text in the screen, can I actually read what it's saying? Mm. That is so good. It's nothing is more frustrating than not being able to read the text on a reel and nothing makes me swipe faster. So I love that. Or if it like if it disappears like very quickly, but it's like an entire paragraph, I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not pausing. The I reel mean, to the the visuals that. on that reel have to be so good for me to actually put in effort <laughs> to see that. Yeah. So I love that. Brock, do you have thoughts or tips on what to avoid doing when it comes to reels? You mentioned like the text not being readable. Are there any other thoughts as well? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is don't ever delete your reel. I will add the exception. You can delete the reel if it glitches, if the text glitches, if the audio gets deleted, if something happens where you can no longer consume the reel, your audience can no longer view it properly. Well, then sure, delete it. But most of us are deleting our reels most of the time, not because it glitches, but because our ego is feeling a little bruised. We delete the reel because it didn't get enough likes or it didn't get enough views or we thought it would do better. So just leave it. I have seen, we have seen our students countless number of times have their reels take off and go viral or even just pick up a couple hundred more views days, weeks, or even months after they were originally posted. It happens over and over again. Reels have a much longer shelf life than any other kind of post on Instagram. So just leave them alone and don't delete your reels. That's uh, one big mistake that I see a lot of people making. Um, Another big mistake that I see a lot of people making is just being a little bit out of sync with the lip sync. And you don't have to lip sync. It's not absolutely necessary. But if you're going to recreate those trending sounds and use those trending audios, just record it a few times until you get it right. Like just that little difference of mouthing the one word correctly can be the difference in holding someone's attention um, and creating a little disconnect and having them keep on swiping by. So if you don't have it perfect, just record it a few more times. And you actually... I want to stop myself. It doesn't need to be perfect. But if it's not good enough, just record it again. If it's not um, understandable that you're lip syncing those words, just record it again. Those are two big mistakes that I see a lot of people making with their reels. And then the final one, um, this one is about where to share your reel. Uh, So, excuse me, it's actually recently changed. It used to be a, a little toggle switch right below your caption that would say, also share to feed. 
And for most of us, we would always share to our feed. And that's what I would recommend for most people is to always share to their feed. Now they've just changed it literally in the last couple days uh, so that it now says something like uh, limit the number of followers who see the reel. Here's my advice around that. I used to tell people always, always, always 100% of the time, share your reels to your feed. Always, always, always 100% of the time, make sure that your followers can see your reels. That's changed recently and it hasn't completely changed, but here's what I want to advise to people. If you have followers who aren't very engaged to begin with, you have followers who don't really like your posts. They don't really watch your posts. They're just disengaged for whatever reason. They don't pay attention to your content. Then I want you to test, and I'm intentional with that word, test sharing it not to your followers, sharing it only to the Reels page, not to the home feed, only sharing it uh, to non-followers. That way, maybe if the non-followers see it, they will engage and your Reel won't be shown to that group of followers who we know isn't going to engage to begin with. Calling all entrepreneurs. Are you ready for a biz boost in 2022? Tired of feeling alone or struggling to figure out this whole entrepreneur thing by yourself? Well, great, because we have your solution. We are hosting an in-person business conference in Nashville, Tennessee on April 25th through 28th, 2022. And this isn't your traditional boring corporate like conference either. I mean, do you even know Evie and I? <laughs> yes, the Heart Conference is a place for creative business owners and dreamers of all kinds to come together, experience community, learn business and marketing strategies that will help you grow and scale your business all while having the friggin' best time of your life. So get ready to be empowered in your business and life so you can go out and break down every barrier that is holding you back from achieving your goals. All right, and listen to our speaker lineup. Legit. All right, we have Jordan Lee Dooley, Paige Griffith of The Legal Page, Zim Flores, Angie Lee, as well as Lindsay and myself, and our keynote speaker, Donald Miller of Frickin' StoryBrand. Like, yes. Yeah. So basically, are you like ready to explode your business and build community in just three days? Because if so, it's time to learn some hardcore marketing and sales strategies that will grow your business beyond what you could ever imagine. Get paid to do what you love, speak to the heart of your ideal client, nip that feeling of loneliness in the bud, connect with a community of like-minded creative entrepreneur besties, receive over 12 hours of hardcore business education, dance your pants off at our heart dance party, and listen to seven industry leaders teach you everything they know. Yeah, it's a lot in just three days. Buzz gonna be good. <laughs> if you are ready to give your business a jumpstart in 2022 and lead in your business empowered, come join us at the Heart Conference. You can find out more at theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. Hey, photographers, wedding vendors, this one is for you. Your clients are spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to book your services for their weddings. And the question is, do you have an intentional gift for them to say thank you when they book your services? If not, a great idea is giving your couples vow books for their big day. The Keeper Co. created the first ever interactive wedding vow books that your clients will be obsessed with, and so will you. These vow books fill in the empty pages that are often left blank in other vow books with 15 interactive prompts that are both fun and romantic. Couples can choose to read them during their first looks, during a private vow reading, or exchange them when they're even getting ready. And these prompts create the sweetest and just most genuine reactions with couples when they read them out loud to each other. 
you know, cue the happy tears. Yes. So if you are ready to up-level your client's experience with your brand and give a gift that your clients will love for decades to come, then you're in the right spot. You're going to look really good giving these as a gift. You can use the code HEARTFAM to get 10% off your purchase from The Keeper Co.'s website. And yes, The Keeper Co. offers discounts for bulk orders. So visit thekeeperco.com to use these Val books and try them out for yourself and use code HEARTFAM for 10% off. Okay. First of all, this is so freaking good. This is so helpful. You're also in a great, you're in a great space. We also hate when people don't lip sync correctly. Well, okay. No, no, I'll no, say no. hate kindly. Let, let me, <laughs> let me interject here. Okay. Okay. We, yes, we both, Lindsay and I have opinions on lip syncing incorrectly. It's a pet peeve. However, I will say Lindsay is probably the most passionate person on that topic that I've ever seen. She's like, don't do a blip sync if you can't do it right. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a challenge. <laughs> totally, totally. Also, Brock, I love that you just shared that tip because I think that that hiccups a lot of people on like, okay, wait, well, so what do I, do I post it to my my main feed or my reels feed? And so when you're saying like to toggle it off, you mean that, it does not go to your main feed, like your main normal first Instagram feed as everyone sees it when they come to your account. So does that mean that when you toggle it off and it's only shared to your Reels feed and not your main feed, does that mean that you, the people that follow you do not see that content or would they see it still if they're looking in their Reels Explore page? Boom. Yep. That's exactly it. So they won't see it when they scroll through the home feed on Instagram, the main bottom left button. When they scroll through that, they will not see your reel. They will only see your reel if they're scrolling through the reels tab, which is that page in the bottom center. If they're scrolling through that, or if they're specifically looking at your reels that you have previously posted on your page, um, they will see it. Or of course, if someone like remixes it, or if someone sends it to them, then they'll see it. But for the most part, it will be seen by non-followers. And this is just something to test if you have disengaged followers. And when you say test, like, so say they they aren't getting engagement very well and so they test that out, what are they exactly looking for? I mean, like, it doing yeah, well, yeah. I'm assuming. I, I would post it for, I would post it for, you know, a week or so. Just give it a test, posting it, posting in that style for a week. And then just see how your reels are doing. Are they performing better or worse? If they're performing better, keep rolling with it. If they're performing worse, then go back to sharing it to your feed. If it's kind of hit or miss, then mix it up. Sometimes share it to your feed and sometimes don't and hope that that way it's hitting every time you share to your non-feed or your Reels page, I should say. And then it's also maybe hitting every time you share it to your feed as well. But really just test. And that's something that you should be doing with everything on Instagram and all of social media is just mm-hmm. test and try different things out. Everything I'm saying in this episode today, I don't want anyone who's listening to just write it down, engrave it in stone and say, this is the Holy Grail. This is the ultimate be all truth. I'm going to do exactly what Brock said. And then when it doesn't work, I'm going to scream at Brock. Listen, everything is is a best (laughs) practice. Everything is a recommendation. Test and try things out. I am constantly testing and trying things out myself. I do. This is how we found out this new strategy is we literally tested this out about Mm -hmm. two or three weeks ago and we got some really positive results from a lot of our students. So you should always be testing. Mm, I love that. I think that's so good. I think that's one of the number one things is I feel like a lot of creators on Instagram business owners feel like, oh, there's got to be a secret sauce that all these other people are, you know, 
aware of and I'm missing out on everything. And realistically, it's probably just that A, they're creating a lot of content and B, they're creating a lot of niche and value-packed content, like you were saying, Brock. And C, they are experimenting and trying things out and testing and like taking risks. And that's what's actually getting them results is that they're just doing the dang thing. (laughs) So I love that. Speaking of testing... I have the question of cover photos because Lindsay and I get this a decent amount on reels and where to post them, all of that stuff. We also have a, a good chunk of our audience are in the visual industry. So they are artists, they are creators, they are photographers. So this is probably where a lot of this, you know, pressure or confusion comes from. What are your thoughts and your opinion on having a curated cover photo on your reels or not? It's definitely not necessary. Less than 1% of people, I should say less than 5% of people who ever view your reel are even going to see the cover. It's a very small minority of people who will ever even see the cover. If you're someone who's in a visual industry, like we talked about earlier, then of course the visuals matter on your profile a little bit more. Uh, But for most of us, I think the problem is we hear, hey, the visuals matter or or, hey, the the cover should look presentable, which is kind of the, the tip that I give. It's just Generally speaking, the cover should look presentable. It doesn't have to be perfected. It doesn't have to be the perfect colors and font and, and you know, filters and all that stuff. It just has to be presentable. It has to look okay. It has to look good enough on your page. But I think a lot of people hear us talking about this sort of thing and they start to put too much focus or emphasis on their cover. They start designing their covers Mm. um, in Canva on their desktop and then they export it and then they send it to their phone and then they upload it to Instagram. And listen, if that's you and you love doing that sort of thing, go for it. But For most of us, that takes a lot of time and energy and effort. And I think that's time, energy, and effort that would be better spent creating content or engaging with your audience or just doing other things that would be more productive for your Instagram rather than stressing over how pretty your real cover is. I love that. I love that. I think it also like the reason I'm guessing people stress over it is because if they are sharing it to their main feed, I think it is those people in those visual heavy industries that are like, oh, okay, I want a very aesthetic main feed. But I think I, I think this is just really good to give people permission, no matter what industry you're in, like stop overthinking it and use that time that you would to create like a very, very overly aesthetic thing, especially if it takes you a very long time to actually just engage with your people and make more reels, which is ultimately what will grow and connect you with other people, I think, faster. Um, So I love that you said that. If I could also add, what I would say is, I think this whole uh, aesthetically pleasing profile comes from a time where Instagram, you were only able to follow people by clicking on their actual profile. You had to visit their page. Now, a lot of people, in fact, I I would be so bold as to say most people are getting follows without having those people visit their page. And that's because if you see someone's reel, you can press follow right on the reel. If you're on the explore page and you see a great piece of content, you can press follow right there. It's big blue. It's right next to their username and it says follow. And so people are getting follows for their content without people even visiting the page. And so what I want people to focus on is the value that's in their content rather than the vanity of their aesthetically pleasing profile. Amen. Thank you for saying that. That's awesome. Um, My next question was, 
this is, I don't know how long ago you shared this. It was pretty long. You know how like big of a, of a deep dive fan I am for this uh, story, but you shared it on your Instagram stories. And I want to bring it up here because I think it's just a really great learning lesson. I think you were sharing about your gap tooth or, or your broken tooth. I can't remember exactly what happened. You can share that in a second, but uh, something you lost a tooth, but I, I think someone messaged you saying, Oh, Hey, this is a really cool, interesting story. You should do a reel on it because it would totally go viral. And it probably would, but because I mean, it's an interesting story. However, I remember you said like, oh, I wouldn't do a reel on that. So could you tell our listeners like why you wouldn't and the strategy behind your reasoning? Totally. Yeah. So to give some context, I cracked my tooth in half and broke it out. It was like the the tooth right next to your two front teeth. Um, and then I had a failed implant and a lot of dental mishaps. So basically for, I think it was like a year and a half or almost two years, um, I didn't have that tooth. I would wear a retainer a lot of the time, but in a lot of my stories, I would just leave the tooth out and I would just kind of roll with it. I spoke on stages without the tooth in. Like I just kind of rolled with it. I didn't really care. Um, but I, I gained a lot of followers once I have my new fake permanent tooth. Um, and so a lot of those followers had no idea that I was ever missing a tooth. And one time I posted a story, like you said, this is the story you're referring to, with that missing tooth. And I was like, did y'all even know this was a thing? And then someone was like, oh my gosh, create a reel about that. It would go viral. It'd be so funny. And I have so much funny content and videos and stuff. And I created some really funny TikToks with my missing tooth. And it absolutely would go viral. And I have content that I know because it went viral over on TikTok that it would do great on Instagram. But here's the problem. It would go viral for the wrong reasons. Now, if that were to happen, if I were to post that and it were to go viral, I would have a bunch of people following me who expected me to post funny content every day, who expected me to keep posting content with my missing tooth, people who follow me just for comedic value, people who follow me for that story. That's not even my life right now. Like, I think I'm kind of funny, but I'm not a comedian on Instagram. That's not my niche. Um, I (laughs) I like to think about it like if you are, let's say, um, the owner of an Etsy shop and you make handmade uh, knitted gloves, and you post a reel of your son rock climbing because he did some really cool stunt rock climbing, and that goes viral. Well, at face value, you might think, that's really cool. I'm getting millions of views on this video. My profile is getting so many more hits. But it's getting views and hits and and follows from people who are into rock climbing and extreme sports and have no interest in your knitted mitts. So it's actually, in my opinion, the worst thing that could happen is to post a reel that's not related to your niche and have it go viral because it's going to fill your page with people who soon, sooner than later, are going to become disengaged, they're going to unfollow, and they're definitely never going to become customers. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a really good example of that. Also, I uh, I like to think, like Brock, you said, like I'm kind of funny. I like to think <laughs> in the most humblest way possible. Um, <laughs> but I two Christmases ago, I was like, okay, Hallmark movies are really funny. Like I, but but they're like cheesy funny. And so I did like almost like a com- comedy skit around Christmas time of like making fun of Hallmark movies and almost like skit acting it out. However, like my page is very much like business education and motherhood lifestyle. Like those are like my, what I jam on and it went viral. I got a ton of followers, but I've noticed that like the, it, it's dwindled because it, it, I like they came over and they were like, Oh, I'm expecting like a funny comedian who does skits on like making fun of Hallmark or even other things that are skit friendly or like skit ish, I guess. Um, and they didn't find that. So I think that's actually, I love that you said that because it, it is a good point of like, Oh, like just because you make something like a one-off that's viral doesn't necessarily 
mean that you're going to like grow and get sales from that. Absolutely. I love that. Okay, Brock, now we're going to get into the the question of the hour from people today. How much content should the average business owner who's listening to this, the entrepreneur, maybe the solopreneur, how much should they really be posting on Instagram? Like what's the what's the number that you're like, this is going to see results for you? Mm-hmm. If you want the minimum, it's at least one feed post per day. Not at least one story, not at least one post in general or one piece of content, one feed post per day. And if you only have time for one feed post per day, I would hope that would be a reel. So my bare minimum recommendation is one reel per day. But what I really want to recommend for people is don't aim for the minimum. Don't aim for the lowest recommended dosage. Aim for posting as much as you can sustain. Because I think sustainability is really key. It's a huge part of consistency. And if one per day is too much for you as a business owner, then you might need to reevaluate your goals. You might need to reevaluate how you're spending your time, where you're focusing your energy. Maybe growing a huge Instagram presence isn't something that's in the cards for you in the next few months. Maybe if you can only manage posting four times a week, maybe you have to just adjust your goals and accept that things are going to move a little bit slower on your Instagram account compared to others. But the minimum that I would recommend if you really want to grow on Instagram is one feed post per day and then challenge yourself to do more. Because the other thing that I need to say that absolutely is the case is the more you post, the more you grow. It's absolutely true. There have been so many Mm -hmm. studies in every industry, every kind of account, every business. The more you post, the more exposure you get, the more potential audience members you can gain, the more you can serve your followers, the more you can connect with your existing customers and followers. The more you post, the more you grow. But you need to focus on sustainability because if you post, if you hear this podcast and you're fired up, you're like, oh my gosh, this was such a great conversation. Oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to go post 19 reels today because Brock said the more you post and then tomorrow you're burnt out and overwhelmed (laughs) and you don't post again for a month, that's not going to work either. So sustainability, minimum one per day, and your goal should be to post as much as you can sustain. I love that. Well, and I also think it's really helpful for you to kind of give permission to somebody that's like, hey, maybe if you can't do that or don't want to, or that's not a priority in this season. Like you just, that that's okay. And that like Instagram is not everything. It's one avenue of growing your business, but it's not everything. And I think that's really helpful to somebody that, that to, just to be like, oh, okay. Like I don't have to feel pressured to do that if it's not a priority for me right now. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And every business owner is different. And every content creator might be suited for a slightly different platform. Or some people are better at podcasting than at Reels. Some people are better at YouTube uh, than they are Mm -hmm. at Twitter. Like, know yourself and it's okay. You don't have to grow on Instagram just because Instagram's hot right now. There's a lot of different platforms that you can have success on. And I might be a huge proponent of Instagram. But heck, if you don't like Instagram, if you hate Reels, but you love spoken audio... Hop on podcasts and just make podcasts all day. That can be your jam too. Uh, I don't think you need to feel the pressure to be where everyone else is. Totally. That is so good. We actually just had a conversation with someone recently who said, go where people aren't. (laughs) He was like, you know, notice the the holes and the niches that that need your voice or where you, you know, you can go and fit in and and fill a gap in that industry. So I love that you just said that too. You don't always have to be where people are. And his conversation was like, go where they aren't. So (laughs) I love that so much. Brock, 
thank you for just like spitting so much. What was like, when it comes to the person who's listening to this, who's like, okay, I do want to prioritize growing on Instagram. I do want to create as much content as I can. Do you have any like, I don't know, some final thoughts or tips for the person when it comes to creating a lot of content? Because you create so much. Do you have advice on how to be consistent with creating a lot? Like tips, tricks, inside scoop. (laughs) Yeah. So in terms of creating a lot of content, I think it first of all goes back to what we already spoke on, which is stop trying to create perfect content. Trying to create amazing, high-quality, perfect content is draining, it's overwhelming, and you're never going to be able to produce a lot of it. Just aim for good enough. Try to make a bunch of content that is C-grade level content. And that will allow you to produce more. In terms of specific strategy, what I do is kind of like batch producing. And are you guys are familiar with batch producing, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we live by we, it. We throw that nugget at our audience. I'm day. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of your audience members are familiar with batch producing as well, uh, where batch producing is simply you create content in batches, like a batch of cookies. You create it in a batch and then you can eat them over a few days. You can post that content over a few days. That's not actually what I do. That's not what works for me. Creating content from start to finish in one sitting, that doesn't work for me. I get distracted. I don't have enough time, energy. And also, I think there's different headspaces. Like, there's a different headspace for writing a Mm -hmm. caption versus recording a lip sync versus dancing versus, you know, recording an educational reel versus, uh, you know, relating a trend to my niche and that creativity. Like there, there's a lot of different headspaces to fill. Um, so instead, what I do, and I, I like to call this chunking content. That's what I like to do is chunking content. Basically, what that's doing is taking the batch producing, con- the batch producing process and breaking it down into smaller chunks. So in the most tangible sense possible, what I do is I first just record a bunch of, or excuse me, I save a bunch of reels, audio clips, a bunch of sounds, trending audio, songs. I just save them. And I'm doing this while I'm laying in bed. I'm doing this when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. I'm just kind of doing this slowly as time passes. I'm not doing it all at once. I'm just saving sounds. I don't even know how I'm going to use them. I don't know if I'm going to use them. I don't know if they're going to be good for me, if they're going to be trending. I don't really care. I'm just saving everything that strikes me, everything that I hear, everything that I'm like, hey, I haven't heard that audio before. I save it. That's the first chunk. And the second chunk is when I'm feeling good, I'm looking good, brush teeth, brush hair, like makeup done. I just took a shower, all that good stuff. I got a clean t-shirt on and I'm ready to record a reel. And then I do the second chunk, which is recording the reels. And I record as many as possible. I think my record is 19 reels uh, in an hour. And that's just recorded. I'm not editing them. I'm not adding text. I'm not deciding how these reels are going to relate to my niche. I'm just recording the lip sync or recording the audio or recording myself speaking. 19 clips. And a reel can only be a minute long. So if you think about it, that's at most, even if they were all a minute long, that's 19 minutes in an hour. So basically 19 reels in an hour. And that second chunk, again, is just recording. Then at another chunk, I'll go back and edit. And at another chunk, I'll go back and add the text. And at another chunk, I will decide how I'm going to relate this reel to my niche. And at another time, I will write the caption. But doing all of that at once is overwhelming. But if I'm breaking it into the smallest bite-sized chunk possible, today, for this hour, from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m., I'm just going to record as many reels as I can. Well, even if you only get six done, that's a week's worth of content. Mm 
That's a week that can go by without yeah. you having to open up the video camera. That's a week where all you have to do is add some text and write the caption and maybe figure out how this trending audio is going to relate to your niche. But that is how I'm able to produce so much content um, in a relatively short time frame and never really feel burnt out. I've been posting at least a reel a day since April 1st, 2021. And I've yet to feel burnt out or overwhelmed by creating content. I've always had about 10 reels to choose from ready to go every single day. Yes. And then can you just like give, I I know you've had insane growth on Instagram since you have been doing like on, on the reels train one reel a day. Can you actually give those numbers so people can be like, oh, oh, this works. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So at the beginning of 2021, I was at about 50 or 60,000 followers. On April 1st, 2021, I was just below 70,000 followers. Today, as we currently sit here, I'm at 402,000. So I think that's like 230,000 followers, if I'm doing that math right. Yeah. Or 330,000. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> 300,000. Yeah. 300,000 followers in less than a year. Yeah. 300,000 followers in less than a year. It's been a thousand followers a day pretty much since April 1st, 2021. A thousand followers a day. It's been extremely sustained and consistent growth. It hasn't been just one bi- viral video that shoots up and then I kind of plateau. It's been really, really sustained at about a thousand followers a day since April 1st. 2021. But it's also been, it's important to note, as people focus on the number of followers I've gained, I've also averaged posting 2.3 posts per day since April 1st, 2021. So more than two posts per day. And usually it's like two reels and a carousel or at least one reel and one other post every single day. Mm. I like that you mentioned that second number of like how many posts you're actually doing. Cause I think it's, it is the perfect case study in consistent and like good enough can get you actually to go like growth wise where you want to go. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I love that. Okay. Brock, you are absolutely incredible. I, we could talk to you forever about all things Instagram, all things reels, all things marketing. I'm sure our audience is obsessed with you at this point, wants to learn from you, grow with you, all of the things. So where can people really plug in? Do you have resources for them? Just come over to your Instagram. Do you have stuff for them to plug into? Yeah, the the best spot to get connected with me is MySpace. I'm myspace.com forward slash Brock. No, I'm just kidding. It's Instagram, of course. It's the best place place to get connected with me. Uh, I get tons of DMs, but I also take my DMs very seriously. um, And I try to respond to every single direct message uh, that I get. So if anyone was listening today and they got some value, I would love it if they followed me on Instagram. I post free tips and advice every single day. So you'll learn something new every single day. Uh, And also, most importantly, just reach out via direct message. um, And let's have a conversation. Let's chat. I would love to to hear what you took away from today's podcast or what you learned. Um, So just shoot me a DM over on Instagram. And again, my handle is Brock11Johnson over on IG. Awesome. Yeah, no, we can contest or contest. Is that a word? Contest? A test. A test is the word. (laughs) A test is the word I'm trying to think of uh, that Brock is so fun to follow. We enjoy his content daily. So please go uh, follow him. He is a hoot to follow, but you will also learn literally so much more than even he dropped in this podcast. So thank you, Brock, so much for spending your time getting to hang out with us, just diving off the deep end on all things Instagram and Reels. It It has been just a joy. And I know our audience learned so much from you. 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I was so uh, excited to get to speak to your audience today and so thankful for this opportunity. So, so thank you. 